Well, welcome everybody to Dropping Keys, conversations and insights about life, leadership, love, and whatever else we get into. I'm Joel Morgan, your co-conspirator, and I'm the head of Key Exploration. I'm a professional coach and facilitator, an inspirational speaker, and a writer, and I seek to inspire meaningful conversations to move people, communities, and organizations forward. What you've just opened up is an A volume. It's an extension of the previous conversation where I take a deeper dive into one or more of the keys dropped. In this case, a compliment to volume 17 with co-conspirator Kim Leishner. This is volume 17A. But let me back up a minute. Dropping Keys is the title of a poem by Hafez, who was a 14th century mystic and poet, and it's where this podcast always begins. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. Now, if you haven't listened to Volume 17, of course, I invite you to engage that conversation that I had with Kim. These conversations are always wide-ranging, but this one may have been covered the most ground And they take on sort of a livelier life, if that's a thing, when I hear them again. And I'm so grateful for my co-conspirators and would love for you who are listening to recommend more co-conspirators to me. You know what I'm looking for. Drop me an email at joel at joelmorgan.com. And if you love this podcast, please give it some love by going to joelmorgan.com backslash pay. Can't even say that joelmorgan.com backslash pay and helping to support its production without commercials, except this one. So Kim said, it's all right here. It was sort of right at the end of our conversation. It was almost a, a throwaway line after all the other quotes and the seeds that she had been planting, keys she'd been dropping. It's all right here. Everything we need. In us. In me. This reminded me of a Lao Tzu writing that I keep on my desk. Always we hope that someone else has the answer. Some other place will be better. Some other time it will turn out. This is it. No one else has the answer. No other place will be better. And it has already turned out. At the center of your being you have the answers and you know what you want. There's no need to run outside for better seeing, nor to peer from the window. Rather, abide at the center of your being, for the more you leave it, the less you know. Search your heart and see. The way to do is to be. Well, I keep that on my desk for a reason, and I may go into that here in just a little bit. But it's all right here. Also brought up this quote that from Carl Jung. One who looks outside dreams. One who looks inside awakens. So, it's all right here. Well, is it? Really? I mean, growing up in the West, or at least in my growing up, I learned, and I think we learned, that everything is out there. Success, meaning, purpose. Outside of us is where everything is, and so we set out on that path early. We push or we get pushed to get good grades, get into an excellent elementary school, get into a better middle school, get more good grades to get into a good college, and then get a good job. 
I can talk a lot more about that and what happens with that and all the anxiety that produces, but that's not this podcast. But you know the drill here. It's all out there for the taking when we work hard and we find the right path. And everyone has a course, a book, a series, a podcast, ironic, I know, to help you figure it out. And when we look outside of ourselves, here's what happens. We begin to compare. We can't help ourselves. It's like we're wired up that way. And that comparison usually brings us up short. We find ourselves lacking. I mean, how does one compete with the perfectly put together people in our social feeds? I mean, seriously, people will look at my LinkedIn or looked at my Facebook or whatever. And they're like, oh my gosh, it looks like you have it all together. And I'll be like, well, you don't know me very well then yet, do you? At some point, though, many of us find the emptiness of this outside way of living. We learn or we begin to realize that looking for significance to having our needs fully met outside of ourselves is part of a recipe for just real trouble, for discontent, for for real emotional distress. We're always chasing the next thing, and then there is always some other comparison to be made. Nothing satisfies this outside craving. It never ends. It's relentless. So maybe this is where the idea that it's all here can help us. Turning inward to ask, who am I? What do I care about? What are my values? What does success mean to me? I mean, this has to happen at some point for us to truly become ourselves, for us to figure out who we are and where we want to go rather than being led by all of these outside sort of forces. Now, my coaching training confirmed my belief that we, but my clients especially, have the answers to what they need and want. They already have them. When I work with them, I'm simply a catalyst. I create a place and a space to open the the door wide for discovery with questions and reflections. And when they find the answers for themselves, it is so powerful. There's nothing like working with someone and they get it for themselves. Not something I've been wanting them to get, but whatever it is that they needed to get for themselves, all of a sudden it just hits them. And oftentimes, if I'm with them in person, they will just sort of sit back in their chair and they change. The way they look changes. The way they breathe changes. The way they think changes. It all sort of slows down. And now they get it. It's so powerful when they find the answers for themselves. Much more than if I had told them or a friend had told them or someone had told them what they thought the answer was. I mean, I often say to people who are considering working with me, like, if you want a 10-step plan, Google one. There are a million of them. The real question is, what do you want? Why is it important? How will you know if you have it? Then maybe you can begin to embrace a plan. Now, another temptation, though, of the it's all here sort of idea, this turning inward, is that it might tie into the American notion of that self-made person, you know, the Marlboro man or the, the lone wolf who doesn't need anyone but themselves. 
Well, here's the thing. Once you scratch the idea, scratch the surface of that idea, we realize that it's pretty much a lie. I mean, there is a double message in the West, right? You're supposed to be independent. Find your your true self. Forget what other people think. Go your own way. And that success means having a lot of people believe you are successful, follow you, give you likes, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's this crazy, frenetic sort of thing that somehow, if you do turn inward and you become yourself, that then all of a sudden everybody's going to flock to you. But ultimately, no one is an island. No one has ever been an island. We didn't get here on our own. All right. So where are you going with this, Joel? I mean, I'm sure that's what you're asking, right? Now, Kim... Kim talked about how to her nature was like wholeness. Like it was, it was the embodiment of, of, of everything that, that she would talk about in terms of it's all right here and, and, and all that sort of thing. Now, when you study nature, when you really begin to look at nature, you quickly find that everything is dependent on everything else. I think at one time we... We believe that trees were sort of solitary, that they just grew up on their own and they had these deep roots and they just they just did their own thing. And and what was around them didn't affect them. But now we know for sure that the opposite really is true. They are connected in deep webs of roots and systems and dependent on other trees, especially in a complex and beautiful dynamism. In an old growth forest, if a tree is injured or cut and a stump is left, it's been proven that the other trees will divert resources and nutrients to the stump to help it grow again because they realize that that is a weak part and it needs to be strong again for the whole to be stronger again. The other trees divert resources and nutrients because they realize they're dependent on each other. Well, now I've done it. I've said the word dependent. Another undercurrent and nuance to this whole thing about, you know, the outside, inside, it's all here, be on your own, all this sort of thing, is that we've been oversold on the idea of codependence. Now, that word, codependence, came out of the world of addiction and the kind of relationships that often exist in families and partners where addiction is present. We push back against codependence because it wasn't a great thing. It really is, is, can be part of the illness, unfortunately, and it, and it can continue the illness and it creates a lot of issues. But what we did with, with pushing forward this idea of codependence is we made it a bad thing to even think of dependence. We call those people who seem to be dependent needy or high maintenance. And yeah, maybe there are those people, and yes, you probably know some of them, and maybe you are one of them actually, but let's not get into that. You know people who may be too much, but hear this. Just like those trees, we all need, have a need of dependence. We need to be needed and we need people to need us. I mean, here's the thing. Evolutionarily, it's how we've survived with supportive interdependence upon other people and upon all the systems and the nature that is around us. 
So what I'm trying to get at is that I think there's a both and here. We can go too far down both of these roads. We must find ways to rely on ourselves. We must find ways to stay in the center of our being. We must find ways to not get too far afield and think that we're going to find all the answers in somebody else or in something else or in some other place because it's actually those answers are within us. It is all right here. We have to find ways to rely on ourselves, to trust ourselves, to discover and own what we want and need, to love ourselves, and we must develop healthy relationships where we are accepted and where we can give and take in a dynamic interdependence. Let me say that again. And we must develop healthy relationships where we are accepted and where we can give and take in a dynamic interdependence. When you find out what it is you really want and need in terms of a relationship that is interdependent and you can convey that to those people, whether that's a friendship or whether that's a love relationship or whatever it is, you can become so much more free and own who you are and you are much more able then to give and to receive. Now, I think you all know that I'm a, I'm a meditator. I meditate every day. And when I take time to center, to breathe, to notice my connections, to notice the okayness of me in the web of all that is, all of my relationships, I find myself better. When I, when I go to the center of my being, I feel less swayed by that comparisonitis. Or that shooting all over myself, I should do this or I should do that. I mean, now, it's not easy, and that's why I meditate every day, is because um, the voices all around us, I mean, just get on your social media and do whatever, or listen to somebody else's podcast, and pretty soon you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, I'm not this successful, I'm not driving that kind of car, I don't look like this, I don't look like that, what is going on? And it just tells us that we aren't enough when we look outside. The extraordinary thing is that I can be enough, can center in my being, as he says, and I can desire to grow simultaneously. Both and. When I do this, I can leave behind for a while my value proposition. Here's what I can give you. My striving to assert my uniqueness Because I already know it to the depth of my bones, to my very spirit. I know who I am and I know what I have to give and I know what I need to receive in order to feel connected and loved. And I can share that and be part of a dynamic, interactive environment of relationships. And so, yes, it is all right here. It's all right here. And it includes the relationship with the self, the relationship with the system and the ecosystems all around us. So I want to go back to Carl Jung. The one who looks outside dreams. The one who looks inside awakens. Here's the both and for me. We need the awakening and we need the dreams. Because the dreams are empty without the awakening. Thanks for listening to Volume 17A of Dropping Keys.
You can find me at joelmorgan.com or at joelmorgancc on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. You can find my book every single day on my website or on Amazon. Drop me a note if this podcast connected to you. I'd love to connect with you. And now, may the sage drop the key to unlock the cage in which you find yourself. Until next time.